Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 121, Alma's Answer to His Prayer. In my opinion, the key to receiving personal revelation, or in other words, receiving answers to our prayers, having your questions answered and receiving direction, the key is personal confidence. Keep your confidence, right? And I love how the Book of Mormon is filled with examples that we can relate to. And in Mosiah chapter 26, we're given one of those examples to follow. And before we get into the problem, the problem itself is a manifestation of a life lesson or a phenomenon that we see in life all the time. And that is when we've had it so good, we need to expect opposition to arise. Am I right? There's opposition in all things, and there's even opposition in deliverance. Deliverance itself is opposition to bondage. And where the pendulum swings so significantly one way, with the momentum that it gets, it very much swings just as far in the opposite direction. I think that's life, personally. We often work really hard to have our pendulum just do its swinging back and forth in the middle of the spectrum, don't we? But that can often be out of our control, especially when we've learned that the Lord does see fit to try his people, to prove them. We know that he blesses them. He remembers his covenant with his people and he blesses them when they choose to follow him. But then there seems to be the proving that his people undergo with that new blessing. How are they going to handle that? It's almost like he wants to see what will we do with what we've been given. It's very much to me a reminder of the parable of the talents, where much is given, much is expected and required. Anyway, the trials and afflictions facing the people of Zarahemla, particularly the members of the church, are not the Lamanites this time, but it's their own children the rising generation. Remember, the time period in the scripture says it's 120 to 100 BC. So these were possibly children who were a part of the deliverance of the people of Limhi or of Alma, or at least they're just one generation removed. They were the children of the people who made covenants with God during King Benjamin's reign. Their parents and grandparents experienced during that time a significant change of heart. But the rising generation, they just weren't understanding or accepting these teachings. They didn't believe in the traditions of their fathers. They didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead or the coming of Jesus Christ. And because of this unbelief, they could not and did not understand the word of God. And they wouldn't call upon him. All of this led to a development of a hard heart among them. And it looks like initially that they would lead others away from the church with flattering words, but we know that it'll eventually become such a problem that it will become persecution of the members of the church. And suffering is what the church begins to experience 
with the unbelievers because the unbelievers are starting to grow in numbers because of the dissensions from the church. Never before had Alma encountered such a problem and he worried that he might make the wrong choice with this problem. Can you think of a time in which you have avoided making a decision because you were afraid of making the wrong one, afraid of taking a step in the wrong direction, just in case it's wrong in the sight of God. And then what do you do? Did you make the decision anyway and move forward? Did you avoid the decision altogether, hoping that the problem would just resolve itself without your attention, without you meddling with it? Did you push the responsibility onto someone else, hoping that they would know what to do and and they would solve it for you? Did you think to pray? What I love about the experience of Alma is he sort of did all of them. And that makes him so human in my mind. I can relate to him. So imagine Alma. He's the high priest over the church. And King Mosiah has given him that authority over the church, which I believe says volumes about Mosiah. He knew he couldn't do it all as king. He is the king over a growing people with different cultures among them. And he, I'm sure, was busy with the affairs of the kingdom, making the righteous desires for unity that they had, well, come to fruition. And he recognized the spirit in Alma, and he honored the path that Alma had taken in regards to following Abinadi's words and baptizing the people and really forming a Zion-like people and then forming the church. And so Alma was given authority of the church in the Nephite kingdom. So there he sits and he has all these witnesses coming forward, testifying of the affairs of the members of the church regarding their iniquities. And Alma has never been in this situation before. And he's wondering what is to be done because these members of the church, they weren't confessing or repenting of their sins, but their acts were being reported by witnesses abundantly. Well, Alma didn't know what to do, and he was troubled in spirit about all of this. So what did he do? He has all of these concerns taken and then presented before the king, hoping that Mosiah would judge them. And again, we see the wisdom of Mosiah. He has given Alma the authority to be over the church. And along with the authority that was given to Alma, I'm sure there was a consecration process, just like Mosiah went through from his father, King Benjamin. And Mosiah, he honors the role of Alma. So he sends the matter back to Alma, stating he won't judge them. It's Alma's responsibility. Which to me sounds like perhaps The people weren't breaking the law of the land, but that these were moral iniquities, which would definitely be in Alma's court to handle. And again, Alma is troubled. And I can relate so much to Alma. Just those words, troubled in spirit. I know exactly what that feels like. Do you? And that fear of making the wrong decision for setting the wrong precedence, and then truly desiring just not to do wrong in the sight of God, and how paralyzing that can be. Alma, I get it. I understand. 
So what does Alma do now? He does something that I'm sure he had been doing all along before, but now, now that he knows that the problem is entirely upon his shoulders to solve, he turns to the Lord. He went and inquired of the Lord what he should do concerning this matter. And it came to pass that after he had poured out his whole soul to God, the voice of the Lord came unto him. So stop right there. This is what we all want, isn't it? The voice of the Lord to come to us. This is where we must approach the Lord in confidence, right? Maybe we're still afraid, just like Alma was, but to approach the Lord with confidence, with the belief that he is going to hear us and he will direct us. And just like an episode that we did that feels so very long ago, all the way back when we were learning about Nephi and the scripture that says, and the Lord did visit me. We don't know if that means that the Lord came and stood before him. Maybe. But it can also mean that the Lord's spirit filled him, that he received love, joy, light, knowledge, peace, assurance, perseverance, courage, that he received whatever it was that caused Nephi's heart to soften. So whether it is audible or it is a feeling in your heart and words that come to your mind, the voice of the Lord can come to you and I. And what did the Lord say to Alma? Was it, oh, Alma, figure this out. Gosh, no. The Lord began reviewing with Alma how blessed Alma is because of everything Alma has already done that is right. Can you see how this loving parent comforted his child who was afraid to do wrong in his eyes? This loving parent reassured and he gifted his son with confidence in all that he had already done. So let's look at what the Lord noticed about Alma. And remember, he hasn't answered Alma's question yet and then said some nice things to him. No, that would be sort of like a pep talk, right? The Lord begins with, let me tell you who you are in my eyes. You and the people of the church are blessed because you were baptized. Um, hello. (laughs) I still don't know if I fully comprehend what those covenants at baptism truly mean. But the Lord is saying, you are blessed because you were baptized. It's huge in God's eyes. Next, you, Alma, are blessed because of your faith in Abinadi's words. The people are blessed because of the faith in your words. You are all blessed because you are willing to bear my name. Again, huge. This is significant in the eyes of the Lord. This commitment to him to the act of knitting our hearts with his and willing to take upon ourselves his name. It's all so huge. And then the Lord says, you are blessed 
because you inquired of me concerning the transgressor. And when I read this verse, verse 19 again, I hear a loving parent. Thanks for coming to me about my children. I love them and I'm concerned too. I love you for caring enough to come to me about them. And I will bless you because you did. Sister Scriptorians, this is an important pattern of communication with the Lord. All of this has a similar ring to one of Elder Holland's messages. Basically, don't throw away everything you know to be true. In his address, Lord, I believe, he encourages us to hold the ground you have already won, even if that ground is limited. And then he tells us and encourages us, lead out with that. Don't lead out with your doubts. Lead out with what you know. Have you won the ground of knowing the good about you? Seeing the blessed parts of you that the Lord loves and notices, recognizing what you have already done that is right, and the power that all of that brings to you. Strengthen your communication with God by approaching Him with humble strength, being teachable, but keeping the strength that He has already blessed you with. I love how the Lord helped straighten Alma up a bit, letting him know that he has been blessed so far with the power of God because of the choices and faith he has already exercised. And in so doing, the Lord was preparing Alma for the answer that he's going to give. And the second servant of the Lord that I thought of as I was reading this chapter also taught a similar principle in his words to us, always remember him. Each week, we have the opportunity to go and have an accounting with the Lord during sacrament. President Eyring counseled, as you examine your life during the ordinance of the sacrament, I hope your thoughts center not only on things you have done wrong, but also on things you have done right. Moments when you have felt that Heavenly Father and the Savior were pleased with you. You may even take a moment during the sacrament to ask God to help you see these things. If you do, I promise you will feel something. You will feel hope. When I have done this, the Spirit has reassured me that while I'm still far from perfect, I'm better today than I was yesterday. And this gives me confidence that because of the Savior, I can be even better tomorrow. Close quote. I remember when President Eyring spoke these words, and it was a game changer for me. I can add my testimony that as I have used this time that we are given weekly, the sacrament time, to also think about what I'm doing right in the sight of God. Impressions have come to my mind on what the next right step to take is. And I have the confidence and the courage to follow through, all because I haven't completely lost my footing. I know what I'm doing that's right, and I take confidence in that. And that is a powerful principle. Finally, Alma does receive the direction he needed on how to proceed. Of course, we can't forget the covenant that the Lord made with Alma. 
The Alma shall receive eternal life. And that's the ultimate stamp of approval, isn't it? The ultimate swelling of personal confidence that you are right with the Lord. But also reading that, let that be a lesson for us on just how tricky mortality can be. And that it even was for Alma, who when examined by the Lord, he qualified for eternal life, yet he was still afraid that he would do wrong in the eyes of the Lord. There is a strong possibility that you are doing better than you think you are. So move forward with that hope. The direction that Alma was given was simple. Go and gather my sheep. In my name go forth, and those that hear my voice will be my sheep, and receive them into the church, and I will receive them as well. When they came into the church and are baptized, they are baptized unto repentance, and they believe in the Lord's name, and it is those that the Lord will freely forgive. That phrase, freely forgive, it eliminates all the drama for me. What about for you? Freely forgive. That doesn't eliminate the work of change and the humility to actually seek repentance, but it gives the assurance and the confidence that he will freely forgive if you believe on his name. This is one of our privileges that we're given as covenant keepers, and it should cause us to feel noticed and secure with him. And for those who don't hear his name, they shall not be received into the Lord's church. Alma is to go forth and judge according to the sins of the individual. And if the individual confesses and repents with sincerity, the Lord will forgive him and so should the rest of us. And then the Lord promises, as often as my people repent, will I forgive them their trespasses against me. The Lord contains so much love for us. And it shows in his slowness to anger and his mercy. He willingly extends to us when we seek to use his atonement. However, if Alma comes upon someone who doesn't confess and repent, they shall not be numbered among the Lord's people. Remember, his sheep hear his voice. And so those who don't, their names will be blotted out. We don't worship a dramatic Lord. We humans are the ones that add a lot of drama, but the Lord is, he's pretty straightforward. Either we hear him or we don't. No wonder in a time of increasing confusion and chaos, commotion and persecution that will increase, our prophet today is urging us to learn how to hear him. How can we more fully hear him? Keep your confidence by knowing what you are doing that is blessed by the Lord and lead out with that. It will help you to have a desire to repent and be cleansed and it will prepare you to receive further word from him. And if you struggle knowing what parts of you are blessed, ask him like President Eyring encourages us to do. Next, follow the actions of Alma. What did Alma do when he received the voice of the Lord? He wrote it down. And then he acted. When the Lord tells you what is blessed about you, write it down and then act in that truth. And when the Lord gives you direction, write it down and then act in that truth. Don't delay. 
don't squander the time, but get to work. Alma worked, and he walked in diligence. He taught the word of God, and he also suffered. He suffered all manner of afflictions. Mortality was still there, and what the Lord asked him to do was not easy. It was simple in nature, but it was not easily executed. But in confidence, Alma remained. He continued to admonish the members of the church. And the scriptures say that the brethren admonished and they were admonished, which is another interesting principle, isn't it? The continual need to submit ourselves to admonishment, the need to attend church and to associate with our priesthood leaders, not just to learn of God, but to be admonished, to have our hearts pricked and to then course correct. The people were commanded to pray to God without ceasing and to give thanks in all things. I hope after listening to this episode today that you feel excited to take a problem to the Lord and instead of imagining him rolling his eyes at you or condescendingly patting you on the head, imagine him blessing you for bringing something to him. Hear him tell you everything that he loves about you and everything that you are doing so well at in his eyes. Allow yourself to be filled with hope that perhaps you aren't as far off as you thought you were, allowing yourself to receive his counsel and then write it down and act diligently, taking your stripes as they come, but continuing to pray without ceasing and giving thanks continually. It's an exciting truth that we have, that we can commune with God. Sister Scriptorians, remain in confidence with the Lord. Please work at your relationship with yourself so that you can be ready to accept the Lord's blessings and not unknowingly cast them off because you don't recognize how blessed you are for your faithfulness. Turn to the Lord, for He is the God of truth and cannot lie. Also, please know that coaching is available with me and I would be excited to walk beside you on your journey.